The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. That was a high-scoring, high-flying, fun fantasy week. Week 8, almost in the books. Two games left as we record this. Probably one game left as you listen to this. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings... Well, that was that was crazy, man. Daniel Jones, Dave, the number one quarterback this week. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. Wow, yeah, it was too low on him. Apparently, apparently. Uh, what's up, Heath? How you doing? Hey, very nice performance by Daniel Jones. I have nothing negative to say about him at all. Um, he even picked up like maybe one point per week on Gardner Minshew yeah. in our in our contest. So I think it probably got your odds went down with what happened this week. <laughs> But he did make up ground. Wait a second. You didn't. You don't remember the clause, the number one clause, oh. which, which is if either Minshew or Daniel Jones finishes as QB1 in any given week, the bet is null and void. So you better hope. Not true at all. That, and yeah. why wouldn't you want to have this awesomeness on your face? I mean, it won't look as good on you. Correct. But I can't even shave it off. That, because it won't look as good on me. That's why. Because it will look terrible on me. But uh, anyway, Daniel Jones is good. In fact, that's where we're going to start. We are going to start. With the best of uh, of week eight, all right, we got some quarterbacks, running backs. Actually, just one quarterback, Daniel Jones, and uh, Tevin Coleman, Latavius Murray. These guys were the best. All right, so Daniel Jones, twenty eight of forty one. Oh, by the way, a little teaser for you. Heath's one of Heath's winners didn't even play today. What's up with that? Let's find out who it was. I'm just waiting for this guy to say you're the best. Here we go. Okay, cool. We did it. Daniel Jones is your number one quarterback. He's got Dallas next week at the Jets in two weeks and then a bye. Does anyone care to actually roster Daniel Jones? 322 yards and four touchdowns today. Heath? Probably not. Like, he should have been rostered and started in all two quarterback leagues. And I didn't hate him this week. I had him in the top 15. If he wasn't rostered in your league, though, I have a hard time believing that you're now picking him up to start him against the Cowboys. It's a okay matchup after that then a bye and then the schedule gets pretty terrible the okay matchup is uh at the jets so it's yes home like i guess it's a road game but it's kind of at home and there are going to be six teams on bye. that's the by nato so if you've got them on your roster already and you've got a quarterback that's on bye in week 10 you should probably hang on to daniel jones 
Oh my gosh, I just saw the news that J.J. Watt has a torn pec. Oh, terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a bummer. I should have waited until after we're done with all the best performances. But that's now I hate Week 8. Now Week 8 was awful. Oh, man. Uh, well, Tevin Coleman, three touchdown runs and a touchdown catch. And an injury to Matt Breida and Jeff Wilson. Latavius Murray, two straight games now with 150-plus total yards and two touchdowns. They're going into their bye, and then probably Alvin Kamara back against Atlanta in Week 10. And uh, I thought there was one other running back I wanted to throw in there, but let's just talk about Tevin Coleman and Latavius Murray, Dave, and how much of a split we're looking at in these two backfields going forward. Well, let's see who's healthy in San Francisco. But it's nice to see it work out for Tevin Coleman. We noticed several weeks ago that he was going to be the red zone guy. He had touchdowns that he didn't even need red zone snaps for. He was breaking them long. Uh, He was great. And I think people are going to be confident to start him moving forward. Goes without saying. Even if he's with Raheem Mostert, he'll still be that guy. He'll be the primary back for San Francisco. Yeah. Latavius? Well, let me me come back to Coleman real quick because I... I, it might not matter since Brita got hurt, of course, but he actually didn't get the goal, the, you know, green zone inside he the was 10 in work. The- it was, well, yeah, but it was kind of Brita at first, and then Coleman caught the pass. Like they switched roles in this game. It was, uh, it was strange. Well, it's not that he gets every single touchdown there. I think yeah. we've, 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 when we've gone back and talked about it, at one point it was a 25 to 2 <laughs> snap count. Really? comparison between Coleman and Breida. Look, he's the one who's going to be down there primarily. That's something that you can buy into. It's a good reason to start a running back. And then with Latavius Murray, I I just, I don't know how much time does he lose all of his playing time the way that he's gone the last two weeks. How can the saints say goodbye to him at that point and say, all right, Alvin Kamara's back. We're just going to run with Alvin Kamara. Like I I think, I'm going to have a hard time letting go of Latavius Murray off my roster this you know, week. You know, we, I came into this year thinking that Murray should have most of the Mark Ingram role, and I drafted him in too many leagues, too high, for the way he performed over the first six weeks of the season. I think after these two games, there's a possibility that with Kamara back after the bye, they go back more to the split like it was when Mark Ingram was there. And Murray gets a bigger chunk of the workload, but still not enough to be more than a low-end number two or a high-end flex. But there's two different when Mark Ingram was there, right? Because in 2018, Ingram wasn't very good. And Ingram didn't really... But he got a lot more touches than Murray had received so far this year. Absolutely. But but Ingram, like in 2017, they didn't really turn Kamara loose, you know? Uh, and, And I don't... Kamara's really come into his own. He's he's kind of their stud. So, uh, so you think that that Ingram that Murray gets Ingram's role from last year, which was like a okay, you gotta own him. You don't necessarily have to start him, kind of guy. That's it was right. like ten to twelve touches yeah. a game. Okay, all right. Well, is that is that a downgrade for Alvin Kamara, or is, do you think he'll be basically unaffected? Oh, I think it kills Small the downgrade. upside. I think it kills the the high upside. And if we were redrafting, do you think Alvin Kamara would be a first-round pick? I'm going to say no. Oh, of course he would. You don't think he'd yeah, be a first-round sure. pick? I don't think so. Dave. Not with the way that he, we could take work away from him now. It's, it's okay. I think there are other players that we would rather have. But he was a first-round pick last year. Like he, it, but last year he played like a first-round pick, and he had Mark Ingram well, there. Let's see him do it. For, for 12 let's of the games. Let's see him do it. Uh-oh. Uh, 
I got to give you the benefit of the doubt since you were so right about Daniel Jones and I thought you were going to be so wrong. Yeah, but I was wrong on Gardner Minshew, David Montgomery, Corey Davis, Kenny Stills. I can go on if you want. I can tell you all about who I was wrong on. No, no, that's okay. Uh, No, you don't want that? No. All right. Mike Murray. Mike Evans, Cooper Cup. Those are your top wide receivers. Heath, Mike Evans, uh, better than Chris Godwin's rest of the season, believe it or not. Uh, that's not the believe it or not for this game, actually, but it would be a good one. And I think like I probably would say, believe it now. And it's, it's been so difficult. I think Ben Gretsch has probably been the most right about this so far. It does look a lot like now, if you just take out the first week or two of the season, because Evans was sick, it's pretty clear that Evans is the number one wide receiver in this offense. It's still going to go back and forth from week to week, but this wasn't the type of team that apparently could take Mike Evans away or chose to take Mike Evans away. And he had a field day because of it. Now he didn't do a whole lot in the second half. They may have kind of changed up their plan and we may have to do a little more investigating on a week to week basis about what we think the opposing defense is going to do. It's going to be a little frustrating probably, but mostly you're just starting both of these wide receivers for the Buccaneers. Here's the good news. They're, this is a team that's going to throw a ton because their run game stinks and they're going to fall behind because their defense isn't very good either. So targets are going to be there. They, they were already there most weeks for Mike Evans. He had the game in New Orleans where he only had three targets. Week one, he only had five targets. Every other game, he's had seven or more targets. And in this game, Chris Godwin had eight targets. And he's had at least that many in four straight games and five of his last six. Face it. The Bucks can't run the ball. They're going to have to throw it a ton. These are the two guys that Jameis Winston is going to lock eyes with. You're going to start them every week. Chris Godwin had four catches for 43 yards. I think he had a two-point conversion as well. Mike Evans is your number one wide receiver, 11 catches, 198 yards, and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, I said on the Wednesday show, we were talking about the uh, the draft we did, the midseason draft, and I said, yeah, I'm downgrading Cooper Cup just a little bit from like early second round to late second round. Well, I didn't know Brandon Cooks was going to get hurt on the first possession of the game. So Cup may have had a huge game anyway, but certainly it doesn't hurt to have uh, Cooks out of the game. Seven catches, 220 yards, and one touchdown. Now, they just played the Falcons and the Bengals. They're going into a bye. This is the Rams we're talking about. Then they're at Pittsburgh, then Chicago. But there's some good, some bad matchups on there. Unfortunately, the second game against Arizona is Week 17. Uh, Do you buy Cooper Cup as a a... truly elite wide receiver going forward, Dave, or is this maybe an opportunity to look to sell and try to get a truly elite wide receiver? They're at Pittsburgh, home against Chicago, home against Baltimore. Those are the next three games. And then they still have games on the schedule against uh, the Cowboys that's in Dallas and then at San Francisco in week 16. But this is another team that I think is still going to throw the ball a good amount I don't think I think this is the best Cooper Cup's going to get. And if somebody's going to give you a return as if he was the number one receiver in fantasy, you should take it. But he's still going to be a you could put him in the same bucket as Evans and Godwin. You're going to start him every week. It doesn't matter what the matchup is. We know that he's just going to get good opportunities. And by the way, if you've ever wanted to know what it feels like to be an NFL defensive player, go ahead, stand up for wherever you are right now. Now lay down on the floor on your stomach. You just defended Cooper Cup on his <laughs> touchdown in week number eight. You just did exactly what B.W. Webb did with the Bengals uh, in defending Cooper Cup. So, yes, there. I think there's a sell very high opportunity on Cooper Cup, but I'm not going to – I'd like to keep him. If someone's going to overpay for him, of course, I'll gladly – here, take him. 
I, I do just want to say that I think that now after this game, we've reached the 16 games since the start of last year. And he's been better this year than he was last year. And that 16 games since the start of last year is like 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And one of those games, he got one target because he was hurt. And another of those games, he played like half of the game. I think he's a number one wide receiver. He's not the number one wide receiver, yeah, right. but he, he's a number one wide receiver. And I don't know how many hundred yard games he had last year. He's already got five this year. Two, two in week eight. Yeah, and a 200 yard game. How about that for Cooper Cup? All right, Heath, let me go yeah, to you. Two 100 yard games. For the, uh, yeah, but he has a 200 yard game as well. He like two, he had 220 okay, okay. yards today, you know. Uh, Heath, let me ask you about the tight ends. Who's worth adding? Ryan Griffin, Jonu Smith, Darren Fells. They all had big games. Fells and Griffin had two touchdowns apiece. Jonu Smith, six catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. All are available in at least 60% of leagues. Uh, you know, Are they worth owning, or are they just flukes? Griffin, Smith, and Fells. If you're watching YouTube and you see my face and you're wondering why is Heath making that face, it's because Heath is an idiot moron and he dropped Darren <laughs> Fells for Cameron Brait this week to stream him and is probably going to lose because of it. I do think Fells has the most long-term staying power. If you told me for sure that Delaney Walker wasn't going to play for a couple of weeks, he'd probably be my favorite of the group. I was impressed with what he did in this game. Back-to-back good games for him, and it's nice that he got in the end zone. Ryan Griffin is everything that's wrong with the tight end position. He got four targets <laughs> and scored two touchdowns. And he should be converted. Chris Herndon points. We told you to stash Chris Herndon, and that was dumb because Chris Herndon's never actually going to play football again. No, he will. And he'll probably get these targets moving forward, and that's why you shouldn't add Ryan Griffin. Well, Ryan Griffin does have that cupcake schedule that the Jets have. Yeah, but Chris, up. Maybe Chris Herndon, man. It's, he's coming back. If he comes back, yeah, and you know what? Then there's going to be games where you start Chris Herndon and it works out and you're happy, and then there's going to be games where you start Chris Herndon and Ryan Griffin steals a touchdown from him. I bet he just doesn't go away. And as for Darren Fells, he's got Jacksonville next week. That game's in London, and then he's on a bye. So I, I think you can consider him a streamer going up against the Jaguars. I mean, you just saw what Ryan Griffin did to them. So you can probably buy into Fells for another week if you hold on to him or if you pick him back up off the waiver wire. Oh, those are the best of week eight. Daniel Jones, Tevin Coleman, Latavius Murray, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, Ryan Griffin, Johnu Smith, Darren Fells, Patriots DST. Holy cow. They're incredible. We have a survey. Probably going to be wrapping up this survey soon, but if you'd like to give us some feedback, positive, negative, whatever you got, you can help us out. You can help us make this show even better. Go to cbssports.com slash survey. And we have our... Uh, Facebook group, and we give away t shirt I'm wearing a T-shirt. We give away this cool, fan- uh, there it is, Fantasy Football Today T-shirt uh, once a week with our giveaways. This week, we're asking you for the worst bad beat that you've had and win. It's funny that his name is Win, and uh, his his happened years ago. Heading into Monday Night Football, I had a 40-point lead. I went to bed early. I had school in the morning, confident I would be victorious over my little brother. What I didn't know is that That would be the night that Michael Vick would put up one of the greatest sporting performances versus the Redskins on Monday night. Needless to say, I lost, and my brother has been able to lord it over me ever since. So that was week 10 of 2010, and that was 333 pass yards, four touchdowns for Vick, plus 80 rushing yards and two touchdowns. That is a really bad beat. I'm glad you went to sleep. Also, I, I got to tell you, CBS Sports HQ, Fantasy Football Today this morning was great. It was just outstanding. You guys did a great job. I watched almost the entire show. I always tune in every Sunday morning. And you should just watch FFT. It's Monday through Friday, and then it's Sunday. Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. But if you miss the show, you can see it on demand. Just download that HQ app, CBS Sports HQ app. 
on your on your connected device. All right, let's go to the news and notes. Dave, I'm going to throw it to you here. Uh, Brandon Cooks left. He was evaluated for a concussion. They're going into a bye. Patrick Mahomes may not be ready for next week, but we'll focus more on the guys who got hurt. This one was late, but Jarvis Landry got hurt in the fourth quarter, not long before we went on the air. And Deshaun Watson got kicked in the eye and then threw a touchdown pass. That was cool. But um, Matt Breida, Dede Westbrook, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, that's a bad situation. They got a Thursday game, and you know it could be Zach Zenner, it could be Alfred Morris, uh, DJ Foster if he gets back. Um, so what's the game against? It's against San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not starting any Cardinals. Yeah. So, but oh, all right. So, what's your take on some of these major injuries here? Well, Brandon Cooks, it's another concussion for him. I'm starting to get concerned about just his availability. Thank goodness he's got a week before his next game. But I, I, I think people are getting frustrated with Brandon Cooks. I think in smaller leagues, wouldn't surprise me if he hit the waiver wire. 10-team leagues, 8-team leagues. You could see him there because he's just not delivering and you're never going to feel good starting him. Patrick Mahomes, we'll see him in a couple weeks, hopefully, fingers crossed. Jarvis Landry, I believe, played through the injury and got you, you know, pretty much the numbers that he gets you every week. I don't know what to tell you about Jarvis Landry that you don't know already. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. Um, Brita, we talked about the 49ers. I think Tevin Coleman is going to be the guy there. Um, Dede Westbrook, if he, if he misses time, I think it's a big opportunity for Chris Conley. I think he would be the first guy that would have a chance to step up. And we saw Keelan Cole catch a touchdown for Jacksonville. And there could be somebody else in that passing game um, outside of DJ Chark, of course, who could end up helping people. Um, and the Cardinals offense, it's a mess. Miles Sanders with the shoulder. He said after the game that he would be okay. So hopefully the Philadelphia Eagles have him for their next game because he started to look really good. Uh, he didn't have the ball a lot because he got hurt, but he looked really good. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let everybody know that Heath and I started – um, we started Brandon Cooks, Dede Westbrook, and Chase Edmonds in the For the People League. Good job, Heath. So Thanks. you jinxed them. Way to set that lineup. You jinxed all three of them. <laughs> I, I did not even look at that team. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I started Brandon Cooks, Dede Westbrook, and Chase Edmonds in our leagues. Uh, so that brings us to... You could at least like look at my rankings when you make the lineup. Well, it wasn't... They all got hurt, dummy. It's not that I started them over someone wow. who didn't want us to start, you idiot boy. Why are you getting so personal? <laughs> yeah, I, I promise you we had somebody better than Brandon Cooks to start in my rankings. Oh, yeah, we could have started Damian Williams or we could have started TJ Hawkinson. Sounds like you made some bad waiver wire ads. <laughs> and we only have like 15 bucks left. Uh, an early look at the waiver wire then. Any guys that, that really jump out at you? I, I think Raheem Mostert is one of them, and maybe Trey Carson. Well, well the, the most important one, I think, hasn't played yet. Um, but with the report yeah. that Kenyon Drake wasn't traveling to Pittsburgh, it sure sounds like this is going to be Mark Walton's job. He's going to pick up a lot of extra work in the passing game because that's where Drake was doing most of his work. And every time they've thrown it to Kalen Bellage, something comical has happened. So I don't think they'll be doing that anymore. If I had known that Kenyon Drake was not going to Pittsburgh, I would have ranked Bellage as a top 30 running back this week. He's available in nearly two-thirds of leagues. And Bilage, I wouldn't be wait, surprised sorry, if Bilage, Bilage or Bilage Walton. Walton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I screw up your I rankings because you put Absolutely. the wrong names in there, Heath. I don't. 
Okay, so Mark Walton. Like, well, why are you going to be more excited about Mark Walton than than Kenyon Drake? For Dolphins Kenyon Drake, you know? Like, Drake's been a total I don't know bust. where Kenyon Drake's going. No, I mean, I mean then, then like, Kenyon Drake has been a almost completely useless fantasy player. I mean, he's had, like, mm-hmm. 70 total yards, but he's been pretty bad. Why are we going to be rushing to pick up Mark Walton on the worst team with this stinking Kalen Balazs getting goal line work, you know, presumably? Mark Walton has been getting more touches than Kenyon Drake already. Kenyon Drake wasn't getting the work. Mark yeah, Walton's right. going to be getting a starter's workload now. He can also catch passes out of the backfield, so there's definite garbage time, check down, potential with Mark Walton. And here's an idea, because it sounds like Jalen Samuels has a chance to play on Monday night. What if, before the Monday night game, you cut Benny Snell and you pick up Mark Walton, if your league allows ad drops for players who haven't played yet, and you, you get him on your team before the waiver wire? Not bad. Love it. Not bad. Uh, let me tell you about SeatGeek, everybody. SeatGeek is the best way, the only way to go to games. I use it every time, every time. So, look, you may not be going to a game this weekend. By the way, it's not just games, concerts, comedy, theater, whatever. Uh, when, next time you go into an event, download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT and get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, the promo code is FFT. So why is SeatGeek better? Well, look, I told you that story about somebody who wanted to go to a game, and I told them to look at SeatGeek, and I said, wow, they really are cheaper. I, I read those emails from our listeners that say, hey, I use SeatGeek, and I found great deals. Well, that's because SeatGeek searches multiple sites and brings in all these results. So you get that competition, and you get the best results, and then it grades every ticket based on value. And that's how you see these great deals. So I've used it to go to football games, to go to baseball games. I mean, all the time I use it, and I recommend it to everybody, whether it's on this show or off the air. And SeatGeek has so many five-star reviews. They really care about the customer, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So please use that SeatGeek app next time you need tickets or go to SeatGeek.com. Just check it out. You're going to see why it's the best. Use the promo code FFT. Get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Promo code is FFT on SeatGeek. So what do we think about uh, Trey Carson? Danny Amendola, his second big game in a row. He's had three games this year with 95 or more yards. Gardner Minshew against Houston. Holy cow, you need a quarterback next week. He's 64% owned. He's been great. Um, And then Dallas Goddard keeps catching touchdowns. This is going to be a fun waiver wire week, I think. There's There's a lot of guys that I'm interested in here. I could kick myself over Amendola. You know, we got so focused about Golden Tate playing against his former team that we forgot about how Golden Tate was used when he was in Detroit. Remember, those years when he was there, they had a hard time running the football. They kept using multiple running backs. It went nowhere. And Golden Tate in the slot was an extension of the run game. And what was Danny Amendola in the first game without on Johnson? He wasn't all every single one of his targets wasn't exactly an extension of the run game. They weren't all these little dink and dunk passes. Some of them were pretty long, but he got work out of the slot, just like Golden Tate used to when the Lions run game was useless. I think I would be interested in adding Danny Amendola, how excited I would be to add him. I don't know. I I, I can't say that he would be my number one waiver claim right now. I got to see who else is out there. But in the PPR league, I think I'd, I would check him out. I kind of don't want to put Gardner Minshew in my quarterback column this week because I'm irritated at you guys that he's only 64% owned. Not you guys, as in Adam and Dave, but you guys, the listeners. Two weeks (laughs) ago, we said, add Gardner Minshew. He scored 22 fantasy points, was a top 12 quarterback, had a good week. This week, go add Gardner Minshew. He was 61% owned at the beginning of the week, 3% 
of the people that play on CBS actually went and added him. I don't even know if they started him. They might have added him and sat him on their bench and didn't even get credit for it. And he goes and has a week like he did, and now he's facing the Houston Texans. He should be started in 95% of leagues this week. He is 34% started, 64% owned, 34% started for Gardner Minshew, who continues to have the best games against certain teams. He had the best game against Denver of all the quarterbacks to face Denver. He had the best game against the Jets. The Jets have been very good against quarterbacks. I think the best game, maybe the second best, but 29 fantasy points against the Jets. Um, And now he gets Houston, and they are without J.J. Watt and already bad against the pass. And I'll tell you— And he had the best game against Carolina. That's the I other one. I think he's That's just the, the best. It may be. The best. <laughs> uh, so does, but, that, mean, wait, does that mean that Nick Foles doesn't have a job? Maybe. It doesn't yeah, matter. he definitely had the best deciding, game against the Jets. So, well, the other thing I was going to say is uh, your is Jamison Crowder. Very interested in him if he's available in your league. He's 60% owned at Miami, then the Giants, then the Redskins, then the Raiders, then the Bengals, then the Dolphins. It begins now for the Jets. That incredibly easy schedule, and they might trade Robbie Anderson. So Crowder, maybe even Demarius Thomas in deeper leagues. That's on Tuesday's show. This is about Sunday night. Winners and losers. Heath, your winners are Tevin Coleman, who we already talked about. You can give a quick thought on him. And then you can tell us that guy who's a winner without even playing. Uh, Yeah, Tevin Coleman, more red zone work, more Matt Breida injuries, more success for Tevin Coleman. He gets the Arizona Cardinals on a short week. He's going to be awesome. He's a winner. He's a uh, top 20 running back rest of season and maybe even higher. Uh, And then the guy that didn't play is Cam Newton. It was always silly, in my opinion, that we were talking about the possibility that Cam Newton might be ready to play football again, and the Carolina Panthers might be better off with Kyle Allen under center. And we just got a little taste that Kyle Allen's not the answer for the Panthers under center, and Cam Newton should be the starting quarterback as soon as his body is ready. Yeah, I think he's pretty ready. He he is like fifty percent of the league somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm a week eleven. Now. Carolina's got Atlanta, and then they're at New Orleans, then Washington at home, then at Atlanta. That is a nice four game stretch where Cam Newton can help catapult your team into the fantasy playoffs. Once he gets into the playoffs, the matchups are kind of eh, not sure if I like him so much, but he's somebody that they won't play him unless he's ready to go. We'll see how soon that'll be. Stashing him now could help you get into your fantasy playoffs if you're four and four, three and five, yeah. and you make a run. He's forty four percent on Cam Newton, and if he's right and he's running, the matchups might not matter. Let's rank these running backs. Tevin Coleman, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle. Tevin Coleman, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle. How would you rank them? I think I think Royce would be last. I think Sony would be next. And I would imagine Tevin would be a notch ahead of Philip Lindsay because Tevin has a chance to get to be more than a 50% timeshare running back like Lindsay and Freeman are. What, what format are we playing in? I'm going to go half PPR. I'm going to go Sony last. And I will go Tevin, Lindsay, Freeman, Sony. Worth noting. I think Tevin and Lindsay at the top is the easiest part. Worth noting that. Um, well, first of all, two things are worth noting. One, Royce Freeman scored the touchdown again. That's two straight weeks, or two out of three. And uh, I believe it's two straight. Okay, yeah, with a rushing the touchdown. Chiefs game, right? The Chiefs game and this game against the Colts. So that's two yep. straight. And uh, the other thing is that Sony Michelle Rex Burkhead was back, and Sony Michelle still got you know all that work. 
but he didn't score and he didn't, For really, now. didn't really run well. <laughs> okay. For now. Dave, your winners are Ryan Tannehill and other page. Who's that winner? Joe Mixon. Okay, Ryan Tannehill and, and Joe Mixon. That, that's the most excited anybody said Joe Mixon's <laughs> name in like three weeks. Let's start with Tannehill who has had 29 or more pass attempts in consecutive games. Do you know how many times this year Marcus Mariota had 29 or more pass attempts? One. In consecutive games. Oh, in, in consecutive, consecutive games, games. Zero. How many times did Marcus Mariota have 29 or more pass attempts in consecutive games last year? One. One time. I'm That's crushing it. it. You, you really are. So that tells me that this coaching staff – might be trusting Tannehill a little bit more throwing the ball than they did Mariota, and it shows. I know the numbers weren't great for Corey Davis. I know a touchdown saved uh, A.J. Brown from having an ugly game, but Tannehill played well. He did all right, and I, I think at Carolina next week and then Kansas City the week after that, Jacksonville at home after that, at Indianapolis, he sets up as another quarterback who could help you out to, through the bye weeks or if you're streaming. Right, and his he's got the Chiefs at home during the by NATO week, right? Yes. So that's pretty cool. All right, what about Joe Mixon? Caught a one-yard touchdown. That's like the third time he's done that this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess he was okay. He was started in 50% of leagues, but 17 carries for 66 yards in London against that's the Rams. That's a 3.9 rushing <laughs> average, baby. Uh, he's that's on a bye. great for Joe Mixon. Yeah. He had 21 touches. It's a season high. Uh, I thought the Bengals were committed to him a little bit more than they were in previous games. I don't have the official snap percentage of how much he played, but I would imagine it's higher than it's been the past couple of weeks. I think they tried to get him involved a little bit more. We'll see what this offensive line looks like coming out of there by maybe there's a semblance of hope for him to be a high-end flex, a low-end number two running back, somebody who might be able to get you 10 PPR points in a week. He is not a total lost cause yet. Okay. How did we do in FanDuel this week, guys? Okay. I didn't Not win. bad. I, I just, bad. just missed cashing in the FFT contest. You know, I had a pretty good week, but you know what? There was just a lot of points being scored, so... I missed mm-hmm. two points, two points away from cashing in that contest. It's Sean Watson, Latavius Murray, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Hopkins, Jonu Smith, Saquon Barkley. How did I not cash? Because Corey Davis killed me. Cortland Sutton was just okay, and the Bears DST was not very good. Now, I did play another tournament, and I won there, and I won all my money back plus a couple bucks. That's what you got to do. You just got to win big in one contest. You can make it all back, right? There you go. So on FanDuel, you sign up at FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. You make some lineups. You use the matchups. Use the information that we're giving you, all the tips that you want from us or done, whatever you want to do. And you play, and you have a lot of fun, and you win some money. It's really, I, I think that, honestly, listening to this podcast, being a dedicated listener is going to help you. You're going to have a leg up on the competition. So get there on FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make a $20 deposit and get $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. So you put in 20, you get 20 back. Four weeks of a $5 entry, basically, on FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash FFT. Join right now and compete against us every week. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Over to the losers. Dave's losers are Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray. Zach Ertz now 20 yards in this game after 38 yards last week at Dallas. And Dallas Goddard. 
keep scoring touchdowns. How worried are you about Zach Ertz? Let's let's put it this way. Would you buy low on Zach Ertz if you had the chance? Open question. Anybody can answer. Yeah, I think I would, yeah. Heath? Yeah. Yeah. But what does he's that giving mean? You, what does that mean by he's low? He's giving you by low, I, well, I don't know how low you can get him for, but probably you'd have to pay more than a typical guy that's had eight non-PPR points in his last three games combined. How about 16 PPR points in his last three games combined? Yeah, I, I'd give up like my... Yikes. I, I would give up somebody like Calvin Ridley, who I really, I, I'm very optimistic about going forward. You would give up Calvin Ridley for him. Okay. Yeah, I'm Interesting. Not, I'm still hopeful for Ertz. I mean, this is just weird, but I, I just feel like he he cannot continue to be this bad. His first six games, he had between 54 and 72 yards each game. He was doing well. Last two games have been terrible. Well, what's your take on Ertz? The, the take is the schedule. I think it gets difficult with the Bears coming up next week, uh, then a bye, then the Patriots after that. And... I don't know how so reliable easy he is. After that, are we though. starting him because his name is Zach Ertz? I, that's what I feel like we're doing at this point with him. And he'll probably be a top 12 tight end for me next week, even though he's taking on the Bears. But we've seen Dallas Goddard take work away from him. Whenever Deshaun Jackson comes back, he's going to take work away from him. If Miles Sanders is healthy, he's going to take work away from him. There are just too many places the ball can go besides Zach Ertz, and we are really feeling it the last three weeks. It's tough. I don't know how good I can feel recommending Ertz as a must-start tight end moving forward. And your other loser is Kyler Murray, who I'm pretty sure has nine touchdowns in eight games, uh, seven passing and two rushing. And he, yeah. you know, he did not score this game. So that's nine points at New Orleans this week after six points at the Giants last week. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think? He's got San Ugly. Francisco. And then it's Two of his next three games are San Francisco and then a bye. Yeah, so it it's might be time to put Kyler Murray back on the waiver wire, and it sounds silly to say, but Ryan Tannehill, Gardner Minshew, they've got better matchups. They're playing better. Arizona's got a huge red zone problem. On the season coming into this week, they were 31st in red zone touchdown percentage. They were 0 for 2 on Sunday, so they can't be higher than that. On third down on Sunday, they were 2 for 12, and that schedule's tough. Even after the bye, they've got the Rams and they've got the Steelers. It's going to be tough. You're never going to feel good about starting Kyler Murray. Maybe you will, though, in week 10. They are at Tampa Bay, and that's the week that has six teams on by, including Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, and Gardner Minshew. So if you own Watson, Wentz, Brady, Minshew, and somebody drops Kyler Murray, not a terrible idea to keep him for week 10 when he faces Tampa Bay on the road. Uh, it's literally his only matchup left that is favorable, where you hope that the Cardinals can score red zone touchdowns. And Heath, who are your losers? Uh, Ty Johnson or anyone who attempted to carry the football for the Detroit Lions. They're just a bad running team. Johnson's not a special talent. He got fewer carries than Trey Carson, fewer targets than J.D. McKissick. And I am sorry about all the fab that you spent on him. And then Larry Fitzgerald now has seven targets over his last two games combined. Christian Kirk came back and was the clear priority in the passing game. They're running more than they were early in the year. As good as things looked the first two weeks for Larry Fitzgerald, I may finally, after all these years, be to the point where I'm almost out on him. Well, are there, and just to go back to Ty Johnson, he had seven carries, he had one catch. J.D. McKissick. He had another catch, bounce off his yeah. hands. Yeah, that he could have had a nice, nice play there. Trey Carson, yeah. though, had 12 carries to Johnson's seven. 
is there Dang. any is there any Detroit running back that you want to own right now? Is Kenyon Drake a Detroit Lion yet? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I understand. By this time Monday, he might be. Who knows? Uh, Ty Johnson actually played the most snaps of any. Do I have that right? 39% of the snaps. Trey Carson yeah. had 31. J.D. McKissick had 26%. And Paul Perkins had 10%. Ty Johnson was pretty good in my points per participation trophy league. <laughs> <laughs> they give those out now? Unbelievable. All right, quick worryometer here. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, 12 touches, no. 35 total yards. I think Le'Veonti. He's the biggest benefactor of that schedule coming up for the Jets. He's the best by low, I, huh? I th- like, I think yes. there's just, like, there is a question still. Are the Jets good enough to take advantage of this wonderful schedule that's coming up? Like, they've mostly just been one of the worst offenses in the NFL, except for one game against the Cowboys. And I'm, I'm worried, like, I would put him as, a, like, a five or a six. I'm yeah. worried that, like, maybe he has every other game in that, in that this upcoming stretch is good. But he's I don't know that he's gonna be a number one running back. I don't know if you could come up with a better schedule than what he's got. Miami Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Miami, uh Sisters of the Poor, Valdosta State. Like it's <laughs> Do they get to play the Jets? <laughs> they, really hold on, hold, he gets to practice on. against them. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I think what's really obvious in fantasy is that there aren't that many Bell Cow running backs, right? You're you're really you have to start guys who are in committees oftentimes. If you can get a guy who's a bell cow running back who gets almost all of the touches for his team, you're in business. So are there any running backs who are in committees that you would actually prefer to Le'Veon Bell? The first one that comes to mind is Tevin Coleman because if Matt Breed is out for an extended period of time, he might be better than Le'Veon Bell. But like Philip Lindsay, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, David Montgomery coming off a big game, you know... Uh- the the guy, the guy that scored a touchdown since we started tonight, Aaron Jones. Yes. Okay. You'd rather have him than Le'Veon Bell, huh? I there are, I I am trying to be cautious in only saying his name to start. Um, because I don't I, think it's Le'Veon a bad Bell, idea. I don't think it's a bad idea to sell a, t- a timeshare for a feature back. That's the point I'm making. Right, but, but how featured has Le'Veon Bell been recently? Compa- compared to the other guys on his team, he's been very featured. So if you had Tevin Coleman on your team, you're going to trade him straight up for Le'Veon Bell. Well, I that was the one example that Tevin was Coleman, tough, though, Dave, because that was because right. Coleman but I think if you had injured. Tevin Coleman on your team, you would probably be on board with that. And I don't know if the guy that has Le'Veon would race to accept that. Yeah, I don't know either. Because of the potential of Le'Veon, and we're still hoping for it, and we're kind of sort of seeing it. Uh, he probably deserves some significant research and analysis spent. I mean, the offensive line isn't as good. No. Losing Osemele is hurting them a lot. And they lost Khalil today. They they keep losing offensive that, line. I don't know if that one is as big of a deal. Well, Osemele wasn't but... playing that well either. But the bottom line is, these guys were the starters. So how good are the backups? You know, they have they have a bad offensive line, and we were a little mm-hmm. worried about that going in because you know how he used to run in Pittsburgh, waiting five minutes for right. the play to develop behind a great offensive line. So I, I, yep. I don't think you can be unconcerned, is that a word, about Le'Veon Bell. But the, just the question is, would you trade the, you know, 13 carries a game they might get from somebody for a player who has the potential to have 20 touches when the game script is right? It's just a question you have to ask yourself. 
I think most people probably but still I think, would. I think he's also one of those guys that when the game script is right, and maybe even when it's not so right, he can get you close to 20 touches that's or maybe even just over. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, he's the guy that could get you all those touches. Um, who are you more worried about going forward, Keenan Allen or Odell Beckham? Yes. <laughs> you sure? Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh, Beckham has Denver, Buffalo, Pittsburgh coming up. Chris Harris is legitimately awesome if he doesn't get traded. Buffalo's so good against number one. So, you know, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, who are you more worried about, Dave? I think it's Odell Beckham. And that was just being funny when I talked about Keenan Allen. Although Keenan Allen played almost 70% of the snaps for the Chargers. He was, I guess, technically on a snap count, since usually he plays every play for them. And he still had a lot of targets and he still had a lot of catches, but he didn't have a lot of yards. Dropped the touchdown. I don't know how many downfield targets he had either. He, did Deep you see targets. the touchdown he dropped, though? He dropped a pretty long touchdown. He could have had a huge game. Another one? Right through his yeah. hands, yeah. There's been a few of those for him, these almost touchdowns for Keenan Allen. I think I'd, I'm more worried about Odell still because at least Keenan mm-hmm. Allen is getting a lot of targets, including in the end zone. Browns are having a hard time, and I know they just played the Patriots, and everybody has a hard time against the Patriots, but how many how many big plays have we had from Odell Beckham this year? The Jets game. Four? Yeah. Four. Yeah, flicker. the Jets game, he had two. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there aren't that many, and he's just not delivering like we thought. I'm more concerned about him, and it's an extension of being concerned about the Browns. All right, well, guess what? That's the first game we're going to talk about. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, Patriots 27, Cleveland 13 after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Patriots with another win, with another defensive touchdown, 27-13 over the Browns, and it's time for Heath Cummings, believe it or not. Julian Edelman is the only must-start Patriot. I don't believe it because I think James White has earned must-start status in PPR. <laughs> he did it again. Double 11, digits every week, but, baby. But it's 11 to 13, maybe 14, 11 to 13 or 14 uh, every it, single week in PPR. If I can hang my hat on it and I know it's double digits, he's good enough to be a number two fantasy running back for me in PPR. This this was the most one of maybe not quite the most, but maybe the most disturbing James White game yet, because he's had a lot of bad luck and a lot of touchdowns he should have scored or did score and how had called back. He had two carries and five targets in this game. That's and he kind of struggled a little bit when Rex Burkhead was playing earlier. He's and a, a PPR must start is if you have a flex for sure. But I am. I'm concerned about all the different weapons. Listen, I'm not saying the Patriots won't be good. They're going to be awesome. I don't, we're not going to know on a week to week basis who's going to be good if everyone's healthy. Right. Except for Edelman, as you said. What do you think about Philip Dorsett's ownership, though? 54%. He had three catches for 43 yards on six targets in bad conditions, for what it's worth. Uh, but Philip Dorsett at 54% owned. Seems to me about right. And I know that everyone else has been wanting to add Philip Dorsett in more leagues, and he was producing like someone who should be owned in more leagues. But I didn't really see the opportunity for the most part. A lot of games were looking at three, four, five targets. 
he did get up to six in this one and wasn't that good. So I think like he should be owning about half a leagues, maybe 60%. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets released coming up before this game at Baltimore. It's not going to be an easy matchup for him. By fantasy, and then he's got to buy after by that. By fantasy owners, right? Not by, yeah. not by the Patriots. Not by the Patriots. You never know. No. Uh, well, no, I don't think so. But after that, they're at Philadelphia, and I can't imagine the Eagles pass, or the Eagles secondary, rather, um, being good enough to slow him down. So we'll probably come back to him as a possible flex in Week 11. All right, that's Philip Dorsett. Would you rather have Odell Beckham or Kenny Galladay rest of season? Kenny. Uh, yeah, Kenny. And it's really a shame Nick Chubb fumbled twice because he ran the ball so well. 20 carries for 131 yards, two fumbles, one catch. But even in three lopsided losses, you have gotten massive work from Nick Chubb. So that's excellent. And I know Kareem Hunt coming back soon. We'll talk about that on another show. When's the last time a running back had the ball kicked out of his grasp by a teammate? Because that's what happened to Nick Chubb. That was how he lost his first fumble. Oh, that was his first one. And the, gosh, the interception it's that re- Mayfield threw was hilarious. What was that? Oh. That little shovel it, pass. It was, yeah. Right that's to the That's got to be one of the worst plays. that That'll go down in the annals of bad Cleveland Browns plays. Well, how about like the you Bengals? You just look at it and you go, oh, that's the Browns. The Bengals had three guys drop an interception on one play. On a Jared Goff pass. Three guys dropped an interception. Really? I didn't see that one. Oh, it was like it deserved the Benny Hill music. Houston 27, <laughs> Oakland 24. Raiders had the ball for just over 24 minutes, so a big time of uh, possession disparity in favor of the Texans. Heath, believe it or not. Tyrell Williams is back as being a must-start fantasy wide receiver. Yeah, I buy it. I buy it. This team's going to throw a bunch. He seems healthy. Um, I know it was a little fluky how he got his numbers this week, but I still I, I could imagine that if this is him knocking off the rust, then he should be good to go as at least a low end wide receiver too moving forward. I I don't know that anyone who gets six to seven targets a game is quite must start at wide receiver. I'm guessing if you score every week. Like, yeah, we were just excited about Philip Dorsett. Yeah, he's not a must. Yeah, this start, is a though. better receiver than Dorsett. Yeah, I agree, but I don't, I don't think. Dorset, I I can't imagine I'm sitting Tyrell Williams, but this was such a great matchup. I, I I was trying to get you guys to like give him a little more love, and you were so cautious with Tyrell Williams. Uh, How about his schedule moving forward? Lions, Chargers, Bengals, at the Jets, at the Chiefs. Those are the next five games. Pretty good. Week sixteen, he's at the Chargers. I oh mean, my goodness, is Derek is yeah, Derek Carr? A a streaming quarterback? I don't believe it. He had three touchdowns against Houston. How about each of the last four quarterbacks to play Houston have had at least three touchdowns? Here comes Minshew. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he does. All right, let's do one more. Let's look at the Texans here. Carlos Hyde, what do you think about him? He has now had 19 or more carries, I think, in three of his last four games. 76% owned Carlos Hyde. He's a he's a running back who in non PPR leagues you'll be okay starting, hoping to get somewhere between eight and fourteen points. And in PPR he just doesn't catch the ball enough to to trust. Like that's an easy one that you're gonna start James White over. Right. Okay. You, you like him a lot more if he's your flex than you do if you're he's one of your running backs. Or on your bench, because that means you're loaded at running back and you don't need to start a guy that's getting you eight points. Jacksonville twenty nine and the Jets fifteen. Heath. I was going to do something about Minshew being awesome, but I know everyone believes that. So Sam Darnold is still a good multi-week streaming option. Nope. 
because he's going to lose Robbie Anderson. He looked terrible this week, just like he did last week. We we've added Sam Darnold for nothing. But the good news is that he probably just cost you a waiver claim or a few fab bucks. You didn't have to overspend to get Sam Darnold, and you should be able to find another quarterback. We've already talked about a bunch. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a better streaming quarterback to have right now than Sam Darnold. I don't know, man. At Miami next week, I I still think there are people that can use Sam Darnold. That's why I added the word multi-week. Because I do think that when the projection, when I finish my rankings this week, I'll probably have him as a top 12 quarterback against the Dolphins. I had Mason Rudolph as a top eight quarterback this week against the Dolphins. But I, I'm not ready to say that I'm going to feel comfortable using him against all those other defenses. There's a, there's a different level there between stream against the Dolphins and stream against the Giants and Bengals. Are you picking up Chris Conley if D.D. Westbrook does not play next week at Houston? Conley had four catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. He had a long play. But uh, he also, he's had like four pretty good games this week, uh, this season, I think, yep. Chris Conley. So mm-hmm. what do you think about him against Houston? I'm, I will pick him up and use him as a number three wide receiver if D.D. is not there. Okay. Tennessee 27 and Tampa Bay 23. I, James Winston, he's just he's James Winston's a bad player. Sorry. Okay, that's that's my little my little aside. <laughs> Heath, what's believe it or not? You still can't trust any Titans wide receivers. Yeah, I think you have to believe it. I believe it. I'm a little sad about it Me though too. because I really thought this could be the start of something big for Corey Davis, <laughs> and I do like AJ Brown, but I, I think I, I didn't see as much of this game as I would have liked to, but I think. A lot of the game plan was to lean on both of their tight ends, Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser. I don't know if you want to weigh in on I think, that. I think they tried to go two tight ends. On the, uh, I was just going to let uh, Ferkser kind of hang there in the air. I think every time somebody <laughs> says it on the podcast, we should just let it sit there. What's so okay. funny about Ferkser? So, uh, by the way, Heath, did you like the sound clip I sent to you yesterday? Heath, what's your last name again? Um, I did not hear the sound clip, Adam. What? Dave, did you like the sound clip I I created? I I listened to it many times in a row. I can't imagine it'll ever make our podcast. It's the most disgusting thing. I just took a whole bunch of uh, clips from FFT, beginning with uh, what something Jamie said about about Fab Dollars on Tuesday's Waiver Wire show. And uh, I put in some size and just different things. And I made something that was too inappropriate for the show. So now none of you get to hear it. But just take my word for it. It was really funny. I've been cracking up about it. I was cracking up. I was listening to it during the radio show while the update guy was doing his update. And I started laughing hysterically while he's doing the update. And I kind of threw him off. So I felt bad about that. But, and you're in the same room, right? Yeah, same when room. he does the update? Huh? Right, yeah. yeah. Like uh, 15 it's feet not away. not very professional, Adam. Very, very unprofessional. Uh, Detroit 31. Uh, I just want to say one thing about this. Peyton Barber, he's he's awful, but he did get, I think, almost most of the goal line, inside the 10, inside the 5, gold, magenta, green could, carries. Yeah, you, you could have stopped that. He's awful. Believe it or not, you can drop your Bucks running backs. Yeah. Believe it. Yeah, good good one. Detroit 31, Giants 26. <laughs> None of the Detroit Lions running backs matter in fantasy. I'm not ready to believe it yet. A, because I think Ty Johnson could still turn into something. And B, the Lions are probably going to add another running back. And that guy will end up being 
But like, none of their current running backs. And like, why would so? You're not picking up Trey Carson, and you're just going to stick with Ty Johnson. I think he's got a little bit more juice to his game than Trey Carson, and I'm hoping that what happens is that Ty Johnson eventually gets the lion's share <laughs> of the running back workload. Now, it could end up being Drake and Ty Johnson. It could be, you know, I, I think if they go and they make a huge move for Melvin Gordon, for example, which I think seems pretty unlikely, then that'll wipe Ty Johnson off the map. All right, Adam, can you just say believe it, please? When, I, I believe it, because here's why. Like, if on Johnson was having trouble running the football, it's just so obvious they're a bad running team. And on Johnson yep. wasn't sharing with anyone. So unless someone really does emerge as uh, like a most most down, I won't call him an every down back, but a most downs back, and I don't see that happening. Like I just, I don't think it's a situation where you have to drop uh, Ty Johnson or you shouldn't pick up Trey Carson because you could be completely stuck one week and having a guy who could get twelve carries is just valuable. But at the same, t- it's almost like rostering Ronald Jones. You know, you just got to get lucky and hope they score because I don't think you're going to get much else. Is is he is he a bye week running back? Is that where we are with Ty Johnson? This should be Probably. your bye week with Ty Johnson because you're like bye saying yeah. bye to him. Yeah, very good. Yeah, that, yeah, like, very good. This is why <laughs> I was nervous about spending so much fab on him. And there were other people. I I don't think they were really on our podcast, but other people in the world no, we who were, were ready to pony up for Ty Johnson. And yeah. it's why I like twenty five percent was my absolute max on him. Anything here for the Giants? Uh, believe it or not, you should um, you should sell high immediately on Golden Tate because Sterling Shepard's going to screw him up. Uh, if you could, I don't I don't know that there's much of an opportunity. Like, what are you trying to get a number three wide receiver for him? Well, I think he's an uh, he's you might been be able basically to for Carlos Hyde. He's been sort of a number two wide receiver in PPR. He's big basically Golden Tate the last three weeks, getting ten targets, getting eight catches. You know, mm-hmm. he just he can't. I don't think sure. he can do that with Shepard there. That's my guess. Well, is, Agreed. but Shepard's not going to take him off the field. No, I would imagine no, Shepard no. would take off. You know, the Benny Fowler. It's not and playing Cody time. It's, it's targets. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You think he can it, still? I you think Golden Tate can be Golden Tate with Sterling Shepard? I don't think he can be. I think he could be like five or six catches a week. It's not bad. Okay, with Sterling Shepard. Philadelphia thirty-one. But that doesn't Buffalo. make him a number two receiver. No, Sorry, not quite. Uh, he needs to score. Philadelphia 31, Buffalo 13. Dallas Goddard is a real problem for Zach Ertz. Over the past three weeks, 18 targets for Zach Ertz, 17 targets for Dallas Goddard. All those tight end targets in the Philadelphia offense are still there. They're just getting split evenly now. Are you asking a question? or was Yeah. It's that, believe it that, or not, I give a statement, a and then you say whether you believe it or not. I, it's a I new game that I came up with just this week for the podcast. I, be, I believe <laughs> the stat you just gave, if that was the statement you made. Yes, I believe that is Do you believe that Dallas Goddard is a real problem for Zach Ertz? I'm going to let Dave answer that first. He is a problem, and so is everybody else in this offense, because Ertz just doesn't get the, the volume. Or maybe he does get the target volume, but he doesn't necessarily. He didn't this week, but he doesn't get the the, the yardage that we want. He doesn't get the touchdowns that we want. He's he's a bust. He's been a bust this year. He's been a terrible bust the last three weeks. Okay, I just want to say this. The Eagles have thrown for less than 200 yards in four of their last five games. So not only are you dealing with 
you know, a, a iffy target share. You're also dealing with just not that much production to go around. There's no way. I know they're not going to have a great passing offense this year. There's no way they're going to be this bad. So what, that, what that do could you think everyone. Jacksonville would want for Nick Foles? <laughs> All right. For the Bills, believe it or not, it's just not going to happen for Devin Singletary. And yes, I know he caught a touchdown, but he had seven touches in this game. It's just not going to happen for Devin Singletary this year. Well, Gore had nine touches. I, th- I think the Bills' game plan was kind of goofy. Believe it or not, Dave. The, the weather being what it is. Or I, not. I don't believe what you're saying. I okay. still think there's a there's a time and a place for D Singletary. Okay. I mean, if you have to make a tough call and he's one of the guys on your bench that you never start, you're thinking about dropping Devin Singletary on Tuesday. What do you do? Yeah, who am I dropping him for? Gardner Minshew. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm really in a in a bind and he's my worst player, then I'm probably going to have to let him go. Maybe I try and trade him first. Trade him with another player to get one player back. Seattle 27, Atlanta 20. We need to worry about Russell Wilson against bad teams. No, I don't believe it. Look, You know, uh, I will say I believe it because he has had four games with 30 or more fantasy points and four games with 15 to 19 fantasy points. And that, to me, defines Russell Wilson. That I've, I don't know if last year was so much the case, but I've always sort of felt like he has been a boomer bust quarterback week by week. And at the end of the year, he ends up being one of the best in fantasy. But that is Russell and, Wilson. And I think the one point of clarification I would say, because when you say somebody is boomer bust, it makes it sound like the player themselves is inconsistent are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case with Russell Wilson anymore. He is an elite quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. His situation, though, he threw 20 passes in this game. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. His situation is so wildly inconsistent that it can have a really bad effect on his fantasy production. I worry about him not so much like worried about what defense he's facing and if that defense can stop him, because I don't really think there are but maybe one or two that could. I worry about facing teams that aren't going to score very many points and when they just go run, 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 run. I still think so, at the end of the day you start Russell Wilson every week, though. Right? Uh, yeah, right. Because you don't what happens leave, if one of right? You don't want to leave thirty points. On it, bench. What happens if the game ends up being competitive on a week where you leave Russell on the bench and he goes off for three fifty and four? You don't want to have that happen. I'm just going to start him every week. What do you guys think about DK Metcalf? He's eighty percent owned. He's forty percent started, and I think he's another guy where I he just caught two touchdowns, which is great because we said he had, did not have one red zone catch all year on nine targets. And he had two mm-hmm. two touchdowns this week, uh, but you know, like I I could see a case where he's a must add or a must play, but also a droppable player depending on your roster. You know what I mean? Like he's not the most consistent. Well, I guy. think you're going to start him against Tampa Bay. I think you're going to start yeah. him against Tampa Bay, and then we'll try try to sell him as fast as we can. Okay. Which means you'll just drop him. But yeah, a streaming receiver in week number nine. Matt Schaub, man, Matt Schaub threw for. 460 yards on 52 passes. Russell Gage, uh, last question. Just give me a real quick on this one here. Russell Gage had seven catches for 58 yards on nine targets. Could you see him being a Mohamed Sanu-type player in terms of fantasy? Is that it, Did he officially like work the slot and do all that stuff for the Falcons? I have no idea, but he had nine targets and seven catches. I'll take a look. I'll say no. 
Could okay. he be a guy? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to be excited to get Russell Gage on my team. All right, we got like five. I'll gauge everyone else's guys. interest first. <laughs> there we go. Chargers seventeen. Oh uh, yeah, he Bear- was their slot guy. He was that that was their replacement for Sanu. Chargers seventeen, Bears sixteen. Chargers or Bears had the ball for thirty eight minutes. Heath, go ahead. Melvin Gordon is the best Chargers running back rest of season. Don't believe it. Adam does. By a nose. Look at him. I by. <laughs> did you say look at him or look at him? Uh, by a look nose. At him. Melvin Gordon over Austin Eckler. I will. I will say. Whatever. Chargers, man, they got <laughs> they got really lucky. I I don't get it why they don't use Austin Eckler more. I don't know what they see in Melvin that they're just so, you know, heart eye I, emoji. I mean, come on, he's him. Melvin Gordon. Let's not, he had one of the best seasons last year. Was amazing. Yeah, but he just doesn't look the same this year. And we know that Austin Eckler looked amazing this year before he, Melvin ended. Did he his do it out. as a runner though? Because he, I know going into the game, he led the NFL in yards after catch. But as a rusher, he he wasn't. He's not running the ball that well this year. So I just Fine. give him we, ten targets a game. Why are we they talking about three these targets. running backs though? We should be talking about the Bears running backs. David Montgomery is one of the biggest stories of the week. Twenty-seven carries, one hundred thirty-five yards, and a touchdown, plus four catches. And what did you make of that, guys? Well, I was dead wrong on him. I thought that the Bears were going to end up diversifying their run game and getting away from David Montgomery because he was averaging three yards and change per carry through the first seven weeks of the season. I was hesitant to use him. I ended up not using him in a lot of my leagues and I'm going to pay for it dearly. He had an amazing game, 27 carries, 135 yards in the score, a 55 yard run where he got caught from behind where 90% of the running backs in the league would not have been caught from behind and it would have been a, a long touchdown. And he still was able to score later on in the game. If the bears keep giving him these opportunities, of course you're going to love him. It's just a matter of will will they be in a position to do that with this offense moving forward? And I think the answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no. Probably going to be – you'll probably view him as a number two running back for now. Okay. How about Denver 15 and Indianapolis 13, Heath? Royce Freeman is better than Philip Lindsay. No, I don't believe that. No, it's but the second I, consecutive week. I hate this. He I was. Just, I hate this. You yeah, know I mean, I this do? is the chance you take with yeah. them. Yeah, I, I want to look up. Do? I want to look up the record of the Philip Lindsay owner in all of my leagues, and I don't know why because I just feel like you sort of have to start Philip Lindsay, and you're sort you sort of probably don't have a very good team. You know, I just I just feel like I'm starting both of them every week, and they'll be flex worthy at worst, but also I mean, flex worthy best. You know, I mean, no, they've had some number one running back weeks. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, has for sure. They, you know, they do have a pretty good floor, I guess, because they get a ton of touches. It's hard to know who's going to catch the passes. I mean, Philip Lindsay had five, and and Royce Freeman had one this week. That's a complete reversal from last week. I ha- I hate it. I, I absolutely yeah. hate this backfield. <laughs> Drives me crazy. I'm just I, I'm just starting both of them every week and and hoping that they do well. And on top of that, they lost Jawan James. To another injury, right? He's their right so, tackle. He's been I, out most of the year, though. He's a yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- their offensive line isn't very good. They're very conservative offensively. That's part of the reason why they get so much work is because they're so conservative offensively. Just ask Joe Flacco. I do feel better about the. I feel better about having the Broncos backs on my team than I do the Chargers backs. 
They get uh, they fair. get Cleveland at home next week. That could be good. Then a bye, and then uh, then it gets really tough. Last thought on this game here: Cortland Sutton three catches, seventy two yards, and he drew three penalties. I think two p- pass interferences and a hold. And yep. you got Joe Flacco after the game saying we need to get the ball more to Cortland Sutton. Basically, I just hope he doesn't get Drew locked out of production. Which could certainly happen. I don't know when Locke is going to play. He's he's still injured right now. Yeah, I don't know that he's I, ever going to play. Yeah, right. I don't know I if he's... Well, I mean, eventually he will. Well, he this may not. Year, I don't know. Rams 24, know Bengals 10. Let's do it. Rams 24, Bengals 10. Joe Mixon's going to be just fine after the bye. Define just fine. I, Top 24 running back that you just start every week. You're going to have to... I don't... Not against Baltimore. I don't believe it. Not against Baltimore. I he think just, he'll be close to that. Right. They have 10, 10 yards against Baltimore rushing. That's their I, game after the bye. I just wonder because they'll, they'll get Cordy Glenn back, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't and, know. If they'll. I don't know if Cordy Glenn will ever play for the Bengals. And again. they'll have AJ Green back in theory. Yeah. I think the maybe. offense will probably be a little bit better. I, I agree. think he's worth. I think he's worth having on a roster. I talked about this earlier in the show. He was one of my winners because. I'm weird about how I pick my winners, but I, I don't think he's going to be a superstar running back at all. I think he's going to be very close to the very tail end of the number two running back spectrum the rest of the season. He basically, he, what he did today, what Joe Mixon did today, he kind of did three straight weeks, weeks three, four, and five. And then in week six and seven, he had 18 carries for 12 yards combined at Baltimore and home against Jacksonville. So I don't know that he did anything too, you know, miraculous today. He just happened to score a touchdown. So uh, you know, but he had he, twenty-one touches. I think that matters. Yeah, but like if you look at weeks five, if you look at weeks three through five, he had fifteen to nineteen carries in every game and sixty or more rushing yards. Today he had seventeen carries for sixty-six rushing yards. The same thing. He just scored. But I, I've been saying it for weeks. AJ Green is going to make him better. I just am concerned about him against Baltimore because their run defense is ferocious when they have Brandon Williams. That's our next game after the bye. Uh, another thing in here. Oh, Todd Gurley, give me your thoughts on, well, Jared Goff. Like, he's coming off two big games, and we sort of predicted it, Atlanta and Cincinnati. Do you have faith in Jared Goff going forward, bye coming up, and then obviously tougher games than what he just faced? Do you have faith in Jared Goff going forward? Not really. Not a lot. This okay. is a great sell-high candidate. Yeah. New Orleans 31 yep. and Arizona 9. Heath Cummings. You can't start any Cardinals on Thursday night. They are facing the Niners. I agree. That's correct. I believe it. I'm, I'm thinking about Zane Gonzalez. I don't think you can even start him. So. No. Sit them all. Oh. Um, <laughs> Christian Kirk in PPR? Eh. Can he get you 12? He possibly could. Okay, yeah, that's not. as good as it gets. That's that's the nicest thing I could say about an Arizona Cardinal on Thursday night football. By the way, what did I say on the radio show on Saturday night? Drew Brees averages averaged how many points at home last week, Dave? Last month or last, last year? Week, last year? Last he didn't, year? Zero. <laughs> last last year. year at home was it thirty? It was thirty. Thirty eight point five, and he scored thirty points at home in six point per passing touchdown leagues. And his next home game is Atlanta. He's got two games against Atlanta. Still to come. All right, one more game. San Francisco 51, Carolina 13. 
Tevin Coleman is an RB1 moving forward. I I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm going to say I can't no. believe that's not butter. I'm going to say not quite top 12, but not far. But yeah. If Brita, however long Brita's out, is going to be huge for him. If it's Brita's just out. such like, if and I out. we didn't really see this coming, but it's such a perfect situation. After, at the beginning of the year, it looked like one of the grossest possible situations any running back could be in. With Jarek McKinnon and Matt Breida, and we didn't know how good the offense was, and they've got Jimmy G, so they're obviously going to throw, and we don't know how good the defense is, and now they've got one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have the most efficient run game in the NFL, and they're not throwing hardly at all. Here's the thing, though. I just want to bring this one thing up, because their last two games, they didn't run the ball well, and that was after they lost Kyle Juszczyk. It was after they had a couple of injuries on the offensive line. So they ran the ball, obviously, amazingly well today against the Panthers, but... Coleman and Brita, I think they both sort of struggled in the two games before that. Now they'll get they'll get healthier as the season goes on. Yeah, I don't know. Look, look, I'm telling you, Brita had better touches in this game than Tevin Coleman. Coleman had two fairly long rushing touchdowns and a catch of like ten yards for a touchdown. So that's why I can't quite commit to it because I think it could be kind of a head scratcher going forward. But if Breed is out, then Coleman's the man. And maybe he is anyway, but it's just it's just kind of a toss-up. I don't know. It's frustrating. These, I hate I, fantasy football is so different now. Stop with the running back by committee. Just turn these guys loose. Ugh, man. Wait, so Heath, do you believe it or not? No, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just argued myself <laughs> for like 30 seconds there. I was like, well, are they going to jump in or what? Or am I going to have to keep talking? All right, I'm going to be well, selfish here to end the show. Do you think I'm going to win in the 2QB league this week? I need it. No. I, I have. I am down by 16 points in PPR, and we're at halftime of the Packers game, or just about. Oh, no, no, we're midway through the second quarter. I have MVS and the Steelers DST. I'm down by 16. My opponent is done. Do you think no. I'm going to win? No. 16 points from MVS and the Steelers. You lose. Loser. (laughs) Uh, I think you'll tie. Loser. All right, everybody. Exactly tied. Thank you for listening. I think I'm going to win. I'm optimistic. You go ahead, Dave. takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.